0: We have this mentality of the good food, bad food, and I'm good or I'm bad for eating these foods. It increases the, the stress that we have around those bad foods, which oftentimes is what leads to, say, overeating even.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all of the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Victoria Yates about how we can learn to love our bodies and feel confident choosing the food we eat through intuitive eating. Before this episode begins, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. I also want to let you know about one of our official affiliates of the podcast, which is the Made for Mama Shop. This shop was started by a mom named Mindy, who is just absolutely amazing. She'll be coming on the podcast in a few weeks to share her story and everything, but this shop has adorable mugs with uplifting quotes specifically for mamas and what I love the most about these mugs is they have the quotes written on both sides. They also have this cute speckled pattern on some of them which I just absolutely love. The shop just has so many more items for you to check out. Follow the link in the show notes and use the code motherhood10 to save 10% off today and with that let's get this episode started. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am so happy to have you here today and get started with this conversation. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself
0: for our listeners? Yeah, thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. My name is Victoria Yates. I am an intuitive eating and body image coach for women, and my background is actually nursing. So I was a nurse for five years. Before moving into more full time, the coaching sphere, um, I'm a mama of two little ones. I have a daughter who just turned one, and a son who is just a little over two. So they're 14 months apart, and yeah, life is very full but very fun. So <laughs> that's like how I usually like to say it's it's full because everybody always when they hear that they're like, "You must be so busy." I'm like, "Yes, but also." It's so good. It's so good.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because like, I think, you know, it's like I get too like, oh, like you must be so busy. and Like that's so busy. But I love, you know, using the word full and just saying like it's it's a full life. And I think that makes it just sound so much sweeter. And It feels so much better. Yeah. Too. I think I'm so busy. All right. Time. Yeah. Time for myself, that's right. actually not true. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, how about we kind of talk about your nursing background for a little bit and what that was like? Was that before kids? Like, when did you, were you still nursing after you had kids? What was that like?
0: Yeah. So, I graduated nursing school and then went straight into labor and delivery, actually. So, I was a labor and delivery nurse for a year. And then my husband and I moved up to New York. So, we live in the Greenville area now but we lived in New York for a couple years while he did school and at that time I was a nurse in outpatient pediatrics so I have kind of both of those in as far as experience goes and both of those times were before kids and really I worked in nursing until I until I had my son Graham and all the while for a couple years before I had Graham I kind of also started this coaching business more on the side and not as focused on it. um, But kind of dipping my feet into that area. And then when I had Graham, that was also when uh, this was in 2020, February 2020, right before everything crazy happened. So that was when I quit my nursing job and we moved down to South Carolina and really focused more on Just, I mean, first and foremost, like what does motherhood look like and how do I, how do I be a mom? (laughs) Cause I think one thing that surprised me most was especially even having had the background with like labor and delivery and pediatrics. I think I had in my mind, like it was just going to be so easy. And I think my husband even thought that too, um, that this was just going to be so natural for me. And, and I think that that did give me a lot of, it helped a lot to have that background. But also, I mean, being a mom is just something that I mean, it's like this different job that you've never been through. And I think one thing I didn't realize was just the learning curve, just like any job that you start, it's like you're, you're a little newbie. (laughs) For the first, I would say two years, you know, any new job that you start, And I think the same thing is with, with being a mom. It's like, it's like you're starting this whole new career, in a sense. So trying to figure that out. And then Also going into really wanting to focus more on growing my coaching business and because that's really where my passion as far as career goes. So, yeah, that's a little bit about, I guess, the nursing background and like sequence of events, how that all happened. Yeah. I
1: love that, you know, you kind of said people were like, oh, like, or you were even thinking like, oh, like I am prepared for this because like I've been in labor and delivery and things like that. Like I have this background, but we don't know like what it's going to be like and you you don't get that opportunity until you're in it. Like until you start the job, until you enter motherhood, like you really aren't in that position to know what it's going to be like and to be able to fully embrace it and to experience it and you know that learning curve that you were talking about? So, you know, what was it like for you when you first became a mom and what were things that you didn't know were going to happen that happened? Like what ex- unexpected things occurred as you entered motherhood?
0: You know, I think I think a lot of people can relate with this, but I think just for me, like having had like this nursing background where everything is like textbook I entered motherhood really thinking my baby is just going to be a textbook baby and I just need to do the course and read the books <laughs> and he's going to be perfect. <laughs> and that is just not like my son was um he is just his own little person as all kids are, <laughs> but like I think it was just such a learning curve for me to just realize like okay, he does not fit in a box and um, I was very rigid with like the schedules, the, this is how it needs to be. So letting go of a lot of that, I mean, this took a little while, but once I was able to let go of a lot of the rigidity and the trying to fit my son in a box, like it became a lot easier. And, and then like fast forward with my daughter, like she was just a little bit more textbook, I would say than my son was. And so um, but also I think it really just helped to let go of the rules, let go of the need for everything to be perfect and um, just really rolling with it. And and I think that that really helped like my own sanity, my own mental health, the mental health of my, of everyone, my family, my husband. Um, I remember <laughs> like, this sounds horrible, but like, as a nurse working in pediatrics like i had no idea like i i knew the textbook as i said like i had the head knowledge but i didn't know what it was like to be a mom and it's like i wish in a lot of ways that i had had this experience beforehand like i that i had experience with motherhood beforehand because i think i would have just had more compassion like and just would would have been able to relate and help even more on a deeper level but it's like you just don't know until you get into it it's just like this own this beast that you just don't know until you step into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think, you know, I don't know how you feel on this, but I think that kind of ties into intuitive eating and stuff too. You know, like with dieting, we're trying to control the situation. We're trying to, you know, Oh, I did all the things I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like, why is it not working? And I think it's like when we let that control go and we let ourselves just relax in it and feel more in tune with it it's able to flow a little bit easier. So how has, you know, motherhood and intuitive eating and everything kind of tied in together? And when did that transition of coaching more happen?
0: Well, I think one thing that's interesting that I have noticed about myself and with my clients is that, you know, I, I have the same human brain that, Likes to or has a, has a history of really liking to control food and uh, feel like I'm in control of my body and I'm like doing all the right things by just following the rules. That's just like part of my personality and a little bit of like my background. I really struggled with my relationship with food, with some eating disorderslash disordered eating uh, in my past and issues with body image, which is what led me into the work I do now. With my clients, but um, it's interesting just how, like, something I'm noticing is that even though that area and that aspect of my life is totally changed and I don't have that strictness with my relationship with food, and that area feels very free and intuitive, it's like I see the same sequence come up in motherhood, in my business, and it's like still the same things that I have to work on because I have the same brain that likes to be in control and likes to follow the rules and and have those set guidelines in a world that is not so regimented and so like black and white. Um, so it's just an observation that I've noticed. And I see this even with my clients where it's like, you know, even once we get into the work, like we'll start doing work on relationship with food and body, but then we'll start to explore even just because naturally it comes up like relationships and motherhood and just how interesting it is that everything is connected to everything. So that's something that I think has been really interesting to see as far as like how that connects to intuitive eating and, um, just relationship with food. So, yeah. 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 I
1: definitely think it has the ability to kind of intertwine and, and show that connection. And I think as i have been entering motherhood as i've been like progressing into this i've noticed let's say like lessons that come up and i see in my life and i see then how it relates to so many other aspects like if i need to learn patience or you know letting go of control it's like oh wow i've i've been doing that with so many different factors in my life and You know, like you said, though, like even though you kind of master one area doesn't necessarily mean it's going to correlate into others, but you can see the relationship. You can see that connection. And I think I think that's unique and a good awareness to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely noticed it's made it, you know, since I've already done that work on food and body, it's like it's still hard to do that work on like say, my mindset around motherhood. But it's like I know generally the path I need to take. And I have that increased awareness of like, oh, this is just this is just how my brain likes to be. And this it's just doing its thing again. Let's redirect. it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what can you tell us about intuitive eating and what you do as a coach and how that kind of looks like when a client comes to you and is starting to work with you?
0: Yeah. So for those of you who don't know about or what intuitive eating is, it's kind of a buzzword I feel like lately, but intuitive eating is basically just a framework that helps you to get away from dieting and really build back trust with yourself that has been lost through dieting or just like our culture. So that is a lot of what I help my clients with. I help them to have a better relationship with food and their body, learn how to eat intuitively listening to their body cues. And the end result is always to get to the place where you feel confident knowing how to eat. Something I hear a lot from my clients is they are just so confused with all the messages about what they should and shouldn't eat. And they're just like, There's so many rules in their head that they aren't really sure what they need to do. And so there's this stress from that. So I really help them to figure out what is it that makes you feel your healthiest, your best self, and how can we do that in a way that's sustainable, that you're going to be able to maintain and be consistent at and ultimately get away from the diet cycle that they're kind of staying on and swinging on right now. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like that can be a hard concept. Like even I've been, you know, trying to turn more towards that. But as someone who is so used to the rigid kind of like this food is bad, this food is good, eat more of this, eat more of that. I feel like even, you know, when we are like listening to our body or or getting, I guess, more online with the thought process of, you know, just feeling a certain way or or striving for that what's kind of a good way to start or should we be breaking away from i guess the the concept of good food bad food and and what is that looking like cuz i think that's probably the hardest thing that most of us struggle with you know like labeling food a certain way and And how do we like I'm even like seeing it, you know, in my daughter or like kids and stuff like they're like, is this good for you? Is this bad? And like we're trying to, you know, limit candy or things like that. And it's hard to navigate that. And then I would say like especially as a mother, because you don't want to, I guess, pass down those habits. And and if you're realizing what it's done to your mentality, I guess, like how, where do we start? It's yeah, a great question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my beliefs and what I've seen really work best for people is this belief that all foods can fit in a healthy diet. And I think that the way that our culture likes to take us and the mindset we, a lot of us have, I, I have, I had this too and had to work through this but this mindset that you are good if you eat the quote good foods and you're bad if you eat the quote bad foods. And what we see happen when we have this mentality of the good food bad food and I'm good or I'm bad for eating these foods is that we actually it it increases the the stress that we have around those bad foods, which oftentimes is what leads to say overeating even. And it's kind of this like weird thing. You know, we think that by labeling the foods as bad in our mind, keeping them out of the house, just prohibiting them, restricting them altogether. We think that we're going to feel more in control, but it actually, because of the way that our brains work, when something is off limits, our brains kind of sense starvation, like the extreme of we're, we're starving, we're in famine. It doesn't know that the grocery store is right down the corner or, and that that food is plentiful. And so what happens is your brain, like from this primal state is actually going to react to that food being off limits and it's going to make you want that food even more and feel more of a craving, more of a drive for that food. So that's why often, you know, if you've ever been on a low carb or low sugar, no sugar diet, you oftentimes will crave the carbs, the sugar. And, and that's like exactly what's happening there. So the, the thought is when we let go of the rules, when we let go of that good food, bad food mentality, and we just see all foods on an even playing food, not nutritionally speaking, cause that's what a lot of people like misunderstand that. It's not, I'm not saying that candy is equally nutritious as a salad or something like that. Right. But just saying that there's nothing wrong with having candy. You're not bad for having candy. And your child is not bad for having candy. So when we do that and we take away that restriction, we're actually able to feel more in control. And your brain, the part of your brain that's able to actually make really conscious decisions, is able to decide okay, what do I actually want? From that place of, I could have the candy and. There's nothing wrong with it. I can have it today. I can have it tomorrow. Or I could have the salad, like what do I actually want? What do I actually crave right now? And when we do this, when we do that work on like basically healing your relationship with food, you're able to make more of those conscious decisions. And so you're gonna get to the place where mostly you're gonna eat a really balanced, beautiful, healthy diet, and also not feel crazy when you're around the candy, the cookies or whatever, right? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think I have a little bit of an easier time with it than – I don't want to throw him under the bus, but my husband, I think, you know, he sees candy and sweets and stuff like that, especially, you know, we just had all the holidays and everything that come up, and he's like, oh my gosh, there's candy. I need to eat it all. It's all delicious. And so, like, it's hard for us to keep it in the house, you know, like having that willpower to stop yourself, like I could have a bag of M&Ms and it would last months. Like, you know, I, oh, take one out of the fridge, grab it. Like, okay, I'm good. I got my little like hit of chocolate and like he needs to like eat it until it's gone. So like what's kind of, you know, in your experience maybe happening there and why can we not, maybe it was something that we restricted. it, in the past so much and like should we not have it in our house or like should we be working on you know like learning how to look at it and not eat it all
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I would just ask like what kind of relationship do you want to have with say candy right like to give you an example for a lot of a lot of times what I see with with that kind of uh behavior what's happening is this mindset of like, well, if I just eat it all right now, then it'll be gone and I won't have to worry about it or feel guilty about it. So it's like, if I just eat it all right now. So that is also why this making peace with food, getting rid of the good food, bad food mentality is really effective because then it's like, just like what you said, you can have it around and it's not like calling your name to eat it all because you just want to get rid of it. So when you really do this work on, all right, it's just M&Ms. It's, there's nothing bad about them. There's nothing wrong with them. I can have a couple and today I can have a couple tomorrow. You take away that. It's like, um, we. um I use the term forbidden fruit mentality. It's like the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible. Like when the fruit was off limits, then it's like you're drawn to whatever's off limits. And that's just how our brains work too. It's like, when you get rid of the off limits aspect, you're able to just, all right, M Ms are here. I can have some today. I can just, tomorrow? I don't actually want them. I'll have them again in a couple of days, and it's just no big deal. So, do you feel like
1: there's a need for, I guess, limitation in the beginning when we don't have that willpower? Like we're trying to convert to that way of thinking, but it's it's very difficult in the beginning like when we're struggling with that like we want to get to that point where you know we can make those good decisions and we can listen to our body more but we're not there yet so like should should we be limiting ourselves from going out to the restaurant if like we can't look at the menu without counting calories like how should we kind of be facing those situations that are difficult
0: yeah. So as long as you keep, in my experience, keep putting those restrictions on yourself, the longer you're going to prolong that feeling like you're out of control around food unless you just aren't around it. So my actual philosophy is to practice what we call making um, unconditional permission with food. So basically you say, all right, I can have M&Ms, and this is something that I practice with my clients, is helping them to practice, all right, if, if I want M&Ms every single night this week, I'm going to let myself have it. And what this does, it's a phenomenon called habituation. As you give yourself that permission, say every night even, there is going to come a night where it's like, oh, this is just normal and it's not as special. And so I actually just don't even want it tonight. So that's what I recommend, actually, is to kind of take it the opposite approach. Like, just give yourself the permission every night, even. And then also give yourself this caveat well, of, well, if I don't want it, I don't have to have it either. Does that make sense? Does that help?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I can, like, see how, you know, when it is at a point where it's normal, you know, you're just like, oh, do I even want this? But then it's like, what about... If we do, I think a lot of people culturally, we use food for celebration and just in embracing certain moments, you know, like, oh, like, you got a good report card, let's go out to eat or like, oh, like you did well, you got a promotion, like, let's go out for drinks, or, you know, like something special with the kids and you go out for ice cream. Like, how does that play into intuitive eating? and and what's happening there when we're using food as a reward.
0: Yeah, so as far as that goes, you know, I like to look at it as food has a lot of different purposes and a lot of times we only think about the nutritional aspect that food has, but as far as purposes go, there's there's so many, there's well, there's five specific purposes that I like to think about. There's the nutritional aspect obviously. There's the And now I'm like, I hope I can remember all of these. (laughs) But there's the nutritional aspect. There's the community aspect that food gives us. There's the like community and traditional, just, you know, part of just your culture. There's the social aspect. There's just the pleasure aspect of food. And I'm blanking on the other one, but basically, food isn't just about the nutrition. It's also about the community and about the tradition and culture and about the pleasure that it gives us. Um, And pleasure is something that a lot of other cultures really focus on as far as nutrition goes. There's actually a lot of research that shows that when we are satisfied by what we're eating and we find pleasure in what we're eating, from like a cell standpoint in our bodies, we actually absorb more nutrients, which is really fascinating. Um, and we as Americans uh, don't really focus on the pleasure aspect as much as other cultures do, but it is such an important aspect when it comes to food and something that I really um, try to help my clients to get back to get back to the pleasure of eating because when we are eating satisfied foods versus you know lots of the quote diety foods, we are actually we tend to eat less because we're actually satisfied by the food and we're not looking for that satisfaction through more and more of the, of the foods we think we're supposed to eat. And then like for an example, if anyone has ever had experience with like, if you're craving ice cream, for example, and then you're, you're thinking like, okay, well I shouldn't have ice cream. So maybe I'll just have some plain yogurt. Right. So What typically, you know, maybe you've experienced is, all right, I'm going to have some yogurt and then I'm going to have some granola and then I'm going to have this and that. And and you end up eating more than if you actually just ate the, the ice cream, right? So it's like satisfaction is a big component to intuitive eating. And one of just the key concepts to really start to practice finding satisfaction and pleasure with eating Um, And that's something that I really try to help my clients get back because it's so important with our relationship with food.
1: Yeah. I think that's something that I definitely learned and I'm like so fortunate of with the, oh my gosh, like I'm really craving this. And it's like, you're constantly then thinking about it and you're like, oh, I just, I want the ice cream. I want the ice cream. I want the ice cream. And now you're just like at a point where it's like, yeah, you've tried alternatives or you've tried to, well, I'll just like eat this or drink some water or do something. And it's like, if you're still thinking about it, just go ahead and have it and like give yourself that permission. And I think that was something that was so hard for me to learn and get over and like understand. But like you're saying, like we're going to overeat, we're going to, you know, loop around and constantly chase ourselves or beat ourselves up for not allowing ourselves to have that treat or that that simple thing. So what are some other things that you have seen that are very common specifically with moms trying to get out of that diet mindset concept and really you know learn to be more in tune with their body? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think for moms, I mean, there's so much pressure on the get your body back ASAP, right? And so, so much so that, you know, taking it to really unhealthy places. So when it comes to, when it comes to moms specifically, I think one of the best things to just be mindful of is where that influence is coming from. And I think that there's just not a whole lot of messaging out there that, you know, we all know that after you have a baby, it's like your body changes, your body's different. We know that in in our heads, we know that from a a, a subconscious level, but it's like, we still desire a lot of moms that I work with, they still desire that different body or desire to have their body just bounce back. And it's just, I think one thing that I work on a lot with, with my moms is what to do with body change, How to navigate through body change and something that i always like to remind them is that any time that we go through a change in our lives whether it's a new job moving to a new city there's always this period of resistance and discomfort with getting out of your comfort zone getting out of just like that place that just feels normal and regular and and the same goes for our bodies there's going to be a period of time where it feels Uncomfortable, and a lot of times it's during that time where it feels like you're living in a foreign body, and it's like whose body is this? Like you're you're just so unfamiliar with your body now. Um, it's during that time that a lot of times my moms will turn to dieting or just like some kind of restriction to try to get their body back to pre-baby as soon as possible. When um, and that can just lead to this cycle of. Being on and off diet after diet after diet, when the best thing that you can do is actually just to push through that resistance and do some of that more inner work on loving your body in that change. And when I say loving your body, I'm not talking about liking your body and every part of your body all the time. The way I like to teach about loving your body is thinking about it like loving your spouse. It's like, when you get married to your spouse, this is how you know it was with my husband when i when we got married we you know it was a lot of a lot more of just that ooey gooey like fuzzy, warm, lovey feeling, and obviously we still have that now, but some days too it's like more about the decision to love some days we have disagreements, and it's like I still love him even though we disagree, even though we aren't seeing eye to eye and Loving you is more about the choice than it is about, like, I feel lots of love for you right now in this disagreement. And so the same thing goes for our bodies. You, you know, you can decide to love your body even when you don't like every part of you. And so that's a lot of what I work on with my clients when it comes to body image is reframing how you are thinking about your body. Because what I've noticed is our body image is often at the core root of. All of our behavior. And so when we don't have a good relationship with our bodies, we're going to see that in going on a restrictive diet that you're not actually able to maintain or going and working out, not from like, I want to take care of my body, but from this place of I have to change my body because I hate my body, right? So th- that kind of mindset is not sustainable. But when you approach all of your habits you know as far as health goes from this place of i love my body i respect my body i care for my body even though we are not necessarily feeling the love all the time but i'm making decisions to take care of my body for who she is right now and what she's come through all from this lens of self-care and self-respect and that is what i've noticed to be the biggest difference when my clients can get to this place is they're actually able to make some of those health changes even and, and notice like habit change and being consistent instead of staying on that yo yo of like crazy restrictive diet and then like falling off the wagon the next week, right so I really have started to believe that body image is at the root of of all the things that we do yeah, I think
1: this time around has definitely been a lot harder for me because i've been. I guess like in a in a different state like with my body and like had more of that like self-love postpartum with my first but it took time to get there and like I had to give myself that time. And now it's the waiting game of, you know, like I know like I can get to that point of loving my body, but it's just really hard right now. And I think like knowing it and being aware of it is helpful, but it doesn't help it be like any less painful, I guess. Like I know I can get to that point. I know like I will, but it's just like struggling with it. And, and having to just
0: let time pass. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're so right that it's, it's difficult. It really is that in between period where it's like, okay, my body's changed. This feels so foreign. And also I know that I'm going to get to the place, just like, like with the example of starting a new job, you're going to get a, get to a new place where it feels better but that in between can be really really challenging so I mean I do have some tips for like that in between period one of the biggest things and it's like it seems so simple but one of the best things that you can do in that period is wearing clothes that feel good and fit because like if you think about if you've ever worn like two tight of jeans it draws your attention to that part that feels really tight and uncomfortable and that is like it makes it so much harder to think positively about your body when you're really uncomfortable so that's one of the best practical things that you can do if you're thinking about especially in this time of motherhood and postpartum is just wearing clothes that fit and that feel good even if that means wearing your maternity clothes a little bit longer you know I was just gonna say that I'm
1: still wearing maternity clothes and I have no shame in that Yes, yeah, Like, it's yeah. Wonderful for your I'm body like, image. <laughs> mhm. I'm like until they feel too loose, like <laughs> keep them on. And you know, I mean, like I think I think that is like really important to just feel comfortable in your body and, you know, understand that it needs that time to grow and heal and recover. And and we can't like flip a switch. So, and I think that's what a lot of people are are I don't want to say programmed but like led to believe that we can just flip a switch and and things will be the way that you want like you know and I think that is like where that like the word diet has gotten such a bad reputation because people are believing that you know they can take a bill or just do this and and you will you know drop all that weight and I think it's understanding that it is a process it is a progression and
0: it takes time and that's that's tough yeah we're in the Amazon two-day delivery I just want this now it's like I right. ordered something from Amazon and it's taking more than two days and I'm like where is this <laughs> yeah yeah but we, yeah and the of-
1: like rush rush full full life of ours yes, it's
0: like <laughs> it's it's very
1: hard to slow yes. down and just appreciate like where you're at right now yeah so do you have any other final tips or suggestions for somebody you know going through this process like somebody who's new to intuitive eating or looking for more support in that aspect
0: yeah so a lot of The work that I do is really helping people have a better relationship with food and their bodies so that they can, like I said earlier, get away from dieting. Because we all know that dieting doesn't work. I think that's starting to become more mainstream, even though I'm seeing a lot of like sneaky diets where it's like dieting in disguise. I think we're all getting to this place where finally, we're realizing, okay, dieting actually isn't, it doesn't work. It's really unhealthy for our bodies. And so, you know, if you're at that place where you're like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to diet, but I'm also feeling really uncomfortable in my body. I think the best thing that you can do is to just start to practice curiosity with yourself. So everything that I help my clients do is about building up trust with themselves trust with their bodies one of the best questions that I like to encourage people to ask is this question of what do I need right now because I think we've gotten so out of touch with even our own basic needs and so especially like going into motherhood you know having to think about another human being and like your family and oftentimes moms we put, our, we put ourselves on the back burner and we don't think about our own needs but just asking that question periodically throughout the day, what do I need right now? Like, Our body gives us so much wisdom when we just pause and take a moment and ask. So whether that be, um, I need some rest right now. I just need to not have my phone and just like go lay on the, on the bed for a second. I, I may not take a nap, but I just need to have some rest. Or maybe it's, I need to get outside and have some sunshine and go for a walk and move my body. Or maybe it's, I really need some community and some friend time. So you think about that and call up a friend or or get together with a mom friend. You know, that question I think can be so powerful and it's so simple and we can do it at any point of time in our day, in our weeks, and it doesn't take any money. It's like, it's just so simple, but so profound. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I love that. So how can we get in contact with you? How can we reach you? Where are you at on social media? You have a podcast as well. So where can we find you?
0: Yeah. So you can come find me over on Instagram. I'm at non underscore RN. And my website is just victoria-yates.com. And then, yes, I have a podcast. It's called the Redefining Health Podcast. It's on, I think, want to say every platform out there. So come listen. I do also offer free consults for anyone who is interested in just learning more or wanting to explore more of what's going on for you personally. I'd love to talk to you and see how I can help you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sarah well this wraps up yet another episode of entering motherhood i hope that you have found this episode helpful and if you liked it please share it with others who might also benefit from this information if there's anything that you'd like to know more about or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show please visit my website enteringmotherhood.com i'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.